Mitzvos mem hey and mitzvah mem vav. I'd like to cover two mitzvos this evening, both of which are two halves of the same coin, the mitzvah of yibum and the mitzvah of chalitza. The mitzvah of yibum is loosely translated as the Leverite marriage, the commandment, the positive commandment, to marry the wife of one's brother who has died without children. And then the other side of the coin is the mitzvah of chalitza, which is the positive commandment that the Yavama, which is the childless widow, should remove the shoe of the Yavam, who is her husband's brother, the brother-in-law, if he does not want to take her hand in this Leverite marriage. This is a very intricate, detailed, delicate, and deep topic, which covers Meseches Yavamos, and the and one of the last chapters in Meseches Yavamos is Parak Mitzvah's Chalitza, where it discusses at great length the Mitzvah of Chalitza. What I'd like to do in this podcast is simply to go through the Psukim. There are Psukim in Parshas Kiseitze, Parak Chafei, Psukim Dalid through Pasuk Yud. So a series of six Psukim, which really serves as the source of a upwards of a hundred black Gemara in Mesechas Yivamos, but of course that is classic Torah Shabbat is short, curt, succinct, and in these short six psukim, Chazal and Torah Peh have much to say and to discern, to articulate and to describe the mitzvos of Yibum and Chalitza. So let's read these psukim, and I'd like to share with you some of the commentary of the Sefer Achinuch in Mitzvah Tav Kuf Tzadi Ches and in Mitzvah Tav Kuf Tzadi Tes. As I often say, if you'd like to see more, take a look in one or two sources. But for the mitzvah of Yibun Mechalitza, I'll tell you, open up and crack open the Mesechas Yavamos and get to work. It is one of the most difficult, complicated tractates in all of Shas. So much so that there is a hint. The word Ani, which means poor, is a reference to the three hardest Mesechas in Shas. Ani for Erevin, Nun for Nida, and Yud for Yavamos, Yavamos being the most difficult of all of the tractates of Shas, as those of you who have studied and learned that understand very well. But let's at least read the Psukim, and along with the commentary, the Sefer Chinuch gets some basic insight into the mitzvah of Yibum and Chalitza. Now, as I will share with you momentarily, the mitzvah of Yibum, a Leverite marriage, is not something that is practiced today, contemporarily, has not been practiced for a way upwards of a thousand years already in the Talmudic times, many already disbanded. The practice of the Ashkenazi community based upon Rabbeinu Tam is to prohibit the Leverite marriage. Sephardic community was more supportive of it following the position of the Rif and the Rambam. However, as the Chavitz Chaim writes in the Sefer Mitzvah Sakatzer, which we are studying, he is very clear and in no uncertain terms, the Chavitz Chaim writes, and I quote his language, Bismanenu, contemporarily, We don't have Kavanah, proper Kavanah for sake of Mitzvah, marrying the sister-in-law, the brother the deceased brother's wife Therefore, the practice, the mitzvah of Yibum is no longer applicable contemporarily, and instead the practice of Chalitza is. But the two psukim that the Torah describes, the mitzvah of Yibum, Parshas Kitzesei, Perek Chafei, Psukim Dalet and Hei, Ki Yeshvu Achim Iyachtav, when brothers dwell together, Umeis Echen Mehem, and one of the brothers dies, Uben Enlo, and this son who's married, and this brother who's married does not leave behind the son, Lo Sia the wife who is left behind, the almana who is left behind, she is prohibited from marrying any man. The rule is that her brother-in-law shall come to her, take her to himself as a wife, and perform the Leverite marriage. 
Thus, the rule, the halacha, the pasuk teaches us very clearly in no uncertain terms, if a brother dies and leaves behind a wife and they have no children, the rule is that the remaining brother, the oldest brother, as the Mishnah describes, is required and it's a mitzvah for him to marry his sister-in-law, his deceased brother's wife, and the Torah explains the reason for that is, the ultimate child, the Bechor, the eldest son who will emerge from this new Levite marriage, this son, child, who is born from this Levite marriage, shall succeed to the name of his dead brother, so that his name not be blotted out from all of Israel. And the way that the Sefer Achinuch explains this mitzvah, mitzvah tough is that just like Chava was taken from the ribs of of Adam Harishon, and thus husband and wife were united and are so deeply interconnected, thus in the situation where a husband is deceased and does not leave behind a child, in this circumstance he is missing something. He's unable to transfer and to pass on the Mesora and the continuity, both Beguf and Neshama. And therefore, it's a requirement. He needs to leave behind some heir. And the way to do that is by his wife marrying the brother of the deceased. And therefore, he has to bring seed into this world. And it's going to be through the brother who remains alive. Since his brother is so closely interconnected to him, it's his responsibility through his seed that he shall bring apart a son for this brother of his. That this son will fulfill the, fa- the father who is deceased, his place in this world, and this ultimately will allow the deceased to raise his status, will be an aliyah for his neshama, and the continuity will continue. But as I just noted, as the contemporary practice is not to perform yibum, therefore the Torah goes on and continues that a levirate marriage is not something that we do, and therefore, biblically speaking, if the brother of the deceased does not will and does not wish to perform a Levite marriage. This sister-in-law goes and travels to the gate of the city to the Zakadim. My brother-in-law has refused to establish a name for his brother in Israel. He did not consent to perform a Levite marriage with me. And the Zakanim speak to him, and they talk, and there's a conversation. And the Yavama comes close to the Zakanim. She pulls off the shoe of the brother and spits and says, This is what we shall do, and so is done to the man who will not build the house of his brother. I will point out, incidentally, I've had the schus, the honor, and the incredible ability to be involved in three chalitzas in my lifetime, in three distinct cases where there was absolutely a case where an individual passed away, was married, and did not leave behind a child. And of course, as we do not perform a Levite marriage, Yibum does not take place. Therefore, we do Chalitza. And I was involved with the Bezdin, and of course, the head, the Av Bezdin, each 
each of those circumstances was somebody who was well-versed, extraordinarily well-versed in the halachas, in the midst of chalitza, because it's not a common occurrence contemporarily. After the war, after the Holocaust, it was done multiple times, hundreds of times. I think I've heard of Moshe Feinstein performed and was in charge of a Bezdin performing the midst of chalitza multiple hundreds of times in his career. I've been involved in a few cases. Of course, it's been a schus to be involved, and ultimately, through chalitza, this allows this woman to remarry. Now, Gedolia Achronim have a very basic discussion in Machlokas, whether or not chalitza is a mitzvah or it's a matir. Is it a mitzvah like taking lulav and esrog, like lighting the menorah, that they're mitzvah for a yavam to perform a chalitza? It's a mitzvah, just like any other mitzvah. It's a matir. It just now allows the sister-in-law, the woman who remains behind after her deceased husband passes, is it now matir her, is now a, a license for her to remarry. Gedole achronim, three of the great achronim, no that it's simply a matir, it only it gives her license to remarry. And therefore, as a result, if the woman is not interested in remarrying, she's an older woman, or for whatever reason she's not interested in remarrying, there is no requirement for her to go through the chalitza process. However, Chassam Sofer says famously in a tshuva that she should do it for Kabbalistic reasons, that it's something that she could go through. I was involved in one case exactly like that, an older woman who, whose husband passed away, there were no children, and nonetheless we cajoled her um, and convinced her and encouraged her really to go through the process of chalitza because we felt that it was something important she was very very thankful and she appreciated it, it took time but she recognized that it was a valuable thing to do and she went through the mitzvah of chalitza nonetheless in order to be mekayim that which the chasam sofer says is something very important to do if you do are in our interest in a little bit more of an understanding if you take a look back in Sefer Bracious in the story of Yehuda, Er, Onan, and Shela, you take a look there, it's very clear that what lies at the backdrop of the story there is indeed Yibum and Chalitza. Take a look at the commentary Ramban, Nachmanides, who explains this as well. The Sefer Achinuch and Mitzvah Tav Kuf Tzaritas explains the reason for her removal of the shoe, that it signifies that really she could have been the spouse of this man. She was supposed to be married to this man, and therefore by her holding the shoe and taking off the shoe, it's a sign of her serving her husband. But now, because he no longer wills this marriage, she removes the shoe, she throws it on the floor, like the Pasuk says, spits into the shoe, and that ends the marriage, that ends the zika, and that allows her to remarry. This is the mitzvah of Yibum, an independent mitzvah of Chalitza. As noted, the mitzvah of Yibum is not something that's practiced, has not been practiced, certainly not in Ashkenazi communities, and because the Leverite mitzvah is not performed, therefore the mitzvah of Chalitza is something that is performed, and of course this certainly speaks to the very intrinsic close relationship between husband and wife, the importance of leaving behind Zara, child, and children, and what children are supposed to do, and how they're supposed to leave behind a legacy, and if that legacy is not left, nonetheless we perform the mitzvah of Chalitza in order to make sure that a ability for a child to be brought into this world can occur, and if it doesn't then indeed we perform the mitzvah of Chalitza may we hear Besuros Tavos, when we share Besuros Wishing everybody a wonderful day.